Welcome to the Woven Well podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Estes. I'm a certified fertility care practitioner with a master divinity degree. Each episode will cover a topic that helps educate and empower you on your fertility while honoring the deep connection your fertility has with your faith. Let's get started. It's probably not surprising when thinking about all the episodes we've done so far that we have a lot of women who use the Creighton system specifically for the health benefits. We know that Creighton allows you to monitor, maintain, and evaluate your own reproductive health. But for those clients in marital or headed towards marriage relationships, the ability to plan their family naturally is a huge benefit to using Creighton as well. So even if you're not a Creighton system user, specifically yourself, you may follow a form of natural family planning. So in either case, this episode is for you. Today, we're sharing five helpful conversations for couples who are naturally planning their families. These conversation starters are great, whether you're engaged in anticipating marriage or in the midst of growing your family or entering into perimenopause and only have a little bit of fertility time left. So these are not one and done conversations, but ones that you can keep discussing throughout your years of fertility together. So here we go. First conversation starter. Why are we choosing to use a natural system? Every method, natural, chemical, hormonal, one with a device or an implant, you know, all those, they all have pros and cons. And as you decide what route is best for your family, you consider those pros and cons and usually decide on the one that has the most or the most important pros. So what were those pros for you all? What brought you to this natural method? What's kept you in this natural method? What are the reasons that despite the particular cons of using a natural system, because we know that they're there, every system has pros and cons, you chose it anyway. And maybe it is the health benefits that we mentioned earlier, having the physical and mental freedom available when not on some type of hormonal contraception, or the health insights of being able to see on paper what's going on in your reproductive system and hormones. This kind of empowerment is a huge pro, no doubt. Or maybe you're using a natural system for moral or religious reasons. As you sought out how to plan your family, this is the method you had a piece about and felt was right for you and any children you may conceive. Or maybe it's that a natural system acknowledges that a couple's fertility depends on both partners to be involved and to use it well. So I can speak for Creighton specifically that it is definitely a shared system. So whatever your pros are, they outweighed the cons. So remembering why by talking about it together can be really helpful to you both as you continue to choose it month after month and can help sustain you when you're in a season of struggling with the cons because we all have that. And maybe it'll even help you realize when you've discovered another reason why you're glad you're choosing it. (laughs) Okay, conversation starter number two. What do we envision our family looking like? So each partner coming into a marriage has expectations of what family will look like. So this is, of course, important for an engaged couple to discuss, and preferably before the couple days before the wedding. (laughs) But this conversation should continue into marriage regularly throughout your marriage. 
what you envisioned when you got married may stay the same, or it could also drastically change over time. So here are some questions within this topic that may help you get started. Do we want children in our family? How many have we dreamed in our minds? Do we envision growing our family biologically or through adoption or both? Are we done growing our family? Because again, this topic is not just for young couples or engaged couples or newly married couples. This is for every single fertile couple. So it's important to keep checking in and also to give each other the freedom to share from the heart openly. You may assume that you're on the same page when your spouse may be considering something new. And that can be scary. That can be scary if that happens, whichever direction the change is in. But remember, you're a team. And so the best way to move forward is to move forward together. And that means being a safe place for sharing hopes and dreams and fears and concerns, even as it relates to your fertility. Of course, what this looks like is going to be different for each couple. Maybe you check in at the start of each cycle to ensure you both know the intention for this specific cycle ahead. Maybe you plan a time for a casual date night where you evaluate where you are as a family and talk about the future as it regards your family makeup, all while enjoying a delicious cheesecake. I'm just saying, you can make it fun. (laughs) There's not a wrong or a right way to do it. What's important is just simply that you make the space to discern together. Which leads us to conversation starter number three. In what ways could we better share the responsibility of family planning? This is so, 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 so important that you are doing this together. If one person is all in and the other is just really against it, it's just going to be unnecessarily difficult. And if you're listening and you're like, that's me, I'm one of those people, I'm all in and my spouse just has no interest at all, then I want to just encourage you, talk with your practitioner or your instructor in your method. You know, we can help you find ways to talk about it together and we can provide information that may address some of their fears or concerns that they may have expressed, but maybe also that they haven't expressed. Um, So anyway, if that's you, I wanted to mention that. But instead, for couples that are using a natural form of family planning, it's so much easier to bear the weight of it together. I mean, significantly easier. When a husband knows how to read the chart so that either of you can initiate intimacy, When you can both think through an observation together to give you confidence that you know that it's right, or when she doesn't feel like the success of the system is based on her and her alone, that can be so stressful. There's so much room for thriving, and I think, personally, a higher rate of confidence and satisfaction in your method. So the reality is, the weight of family planning is too heavy for one person to bear alone. It really and truly is. And think about it this way. Each partner is equally involved in conception and so therefore can be equally involved in planning to avoid or achieve that conception, right? I mean, two people are involved here. So what does that look like? I think both partners having a solid understanding of simply how the system works is a great starting place. Invite your spouse to a follow-up. Let them read the instruction manual. 
From there, it can look like a lot of different things. It's going to be different for everyone. Maybe he charts your observations each night. Maybe you talk together about whether it's a day of fertility so that you can both feel you're making a joint decision about how you use that day. Maybe it's him identifying the window of fertility, but you all not actually talking about it too much if you're trying to achieve a pregnancy but are feeling stressed about it not happening. It's going to be different for each couple, in each situation, with each different intention. But what's important is that you would talk about it together and both feel heard and supported. If you're not sure if you're sharing the responsibility, then talk about it. You know, it could be that your spouse wants to be more engaged, but is not sure that they can or not sure how to go about doing that. Next, conversation starter number four. How do we best give and or receive love outside of genital contact? Now, what I mean by genital contact is any contact related to genitals, and that's because each cycle, a couple will have a window of fertility when a genital, when genital contact may result in a pregnancy. So for couples avoiding pregnancy, that means they have roughly two options for that time period. One, completely shut down and disconnect from each other, or two, show affection and share intimacy together through other avenues. Obviously, I'm putting in my vote for option number two. So I've just, our society gets so narrowly focused on sex that it can sometimes sneak up the ranks to become the number one, actually, nix that, the only way to share intimacy and love. But we're missing out on a lot of affection, closeness, intimacy, and love if we reduce it all down to that. So what are your favorite ways to connect with your spouse? Think back to your days of dating or engagement. What did they do that gave you butterflies? What made you feel loved? What did you do for them to show them how much you cared? Did you write little notes? Bring them coffee unexpectedly? Stay up late helping them complete a project? Cook a new recipe together? Did you have a game night with all your friends? There are so many ways to do this and how much richer would our intimacy as couples be if we prioritize these shows of affection and love each month? Mm, There's so much potential there. And this applies, by the way, to couples seeking to avoid pregnancy or achieve pregnancy. While you may not be avoiding genital contact during this time if you're trying to achieve a pregnancy, it can be equally tempting to make that contact all important and forget about the importance of affection and intimacy itself. Especially if a couple hasn't conceived as quickly as they'd hoped, it can be tempting to hyper-focus on things like timing and numbers and all sorts of stuff and miss out on that closeness. So talk with your spouse about how you show and receive love so that you can really practice and prioritize it together. It really makes a difference, really does. And finally, conversation starter number five. How are we inviting God into our fertility? And how is God inviting us toward God's self through this season in our fertility? I've said it before and I will say it again. God is present in your fertility journey. We call it a journey for a reason. No matter your intention, it's going to be full of ups and downs and twists and turns. And there are going to be seasons that may even feel scary or uncertain. But it is amazing how often something like our fertility can be used to draw us to a greater sense of trust in God's goodness and provision. 
because God will not abandon you in the midst of all those ups and downs and twists and turns. God may even be inviting you through it into a specific season or to a certain decision or to a new place of rest or trust or hope or surrender. And the easiest way to miss out for all of us on that invitation is to not be on the lookout for it. So together, invite God into your marriage and your fertility and your family. And it can be awkward to pray together, sure, you know, but the more you practice it and say, you know, and and giggle and laugh and say, oh, you know, I don't really know what to say, you'll get over that awkwardness together. And eventually it'll be a sweet and meaningful and bonding experience. Because remember, God's not looking for fancy words, and your spouse knows you. They're not looking for fancy words. Um, So I think the most important thing is simply that you are inviting God in, in whatever way that you can. And so there we have it, the five conversation starters for couples using natural family planning. Why are we choosing to use a natural system? What do we envision our family looking like? In what ways could we better share the responsibility of family planning? How do we best give or receive love outside of genital contact? And how are we inviting God into our fertility? Or how is God inviting us toward, God, toward God's self through this season in our fertility? So, of course, these conversation starters aren't meant to be an exhaustive list. Maybe you had specific thoughts or questions that came up in your mind as you listened. Perfect. Write them down. Tell your spouse, I'd like to plan a date night to discuss these things. Or maybe you just talk about it in the car on the way to Target, you know, unless driving to Target is your date night. And then, hey, you're winning either way. So, you know, I know it can be weird to bring up the first time, but try not to worry too much about that. Even saying something like, you know how we're using this, you know, fill in the name of the system here. I've been thinking about how we're using it and and what I hope to get from it over the years. So it doesn't have to be, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, just explore what's best for you and your spouse and your particular communication styles. And of course, these starters apply to any form of natural family planning. You're likely already using one if you're listening, but you may also be hoping to use one and are listening in preparation. So if that's the case, I'd love to invite you to learn more about one particular way to plan your family, and that's through the use of the Creighton system. Creighton allows you to plan your family, but it's also more than that. It's it's an effective way to really understand your own reproductive health, and it's a shared system that respects the dignity of women and of marriage. We talk about it during every introductory session, and it comes up all the time in individual follow-ups. So if you'd like to hear more, I'd love for you to join our next introductory session by registering at wovenfertility.com slash join us. Or you can email me personally at caitlin at wovenfertility.com. Thanks so much for listening in today as we continue to explore together what it means to be woven well. Woven well.